0: Learn more at marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Now the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The to five, touchdown! Two is buried! was Sauce Gardner! Coming in hot! Aaron Wilson, here he goes! Goodbye, and hello, Enzo and Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall, looking for history! From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1, and the star of Sunday's game was without question the number 10 overall pick in the 2022 draft, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. And if you listen to this show, you know that once a week, Garrett Wilson's mentor and coach, Mike Davis, who is a former two-time all-state wide receiver in the state of Texas, one of the all-time great wide receivers for the University of Texas, and a receiver for the Raiders. He appears on this show to talk about everything that went on with the New York Jets, and I have a feeling he's going to have some opinions this week, and we're going to have some fun. Mike, welcome back to the show, man.
1: Yep, man. Glad to be back.
0: Let's talk about Garrett Wilson first. Before we get into anything else, how proud were you? You had to be like a proud older brother watching Garrett Wilson on Sunday.
1: Yeah, man, I was real proud, man, to see him actually start and uh, get more get more play time in uh, last week. And you know, um, you know, I'm 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 not even surprised at what he did, what he showed. Uh, but I am surprised about a couple of things that he didn't do. But uh, you know it. I'm, but I'm just not surprised about the overall performance that's, that's, that's been in him since he's a young kid. And I just know he, the kind of guy he is. Uh, I mean, and he's, a, you know, a competitor, you know, I mean, at his finest. So, I'm I'm just happy for him.
0: Mike, you said you were surprised at some of the things that Garrett Wilson didn't do. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, I think it was a play where it kind of almost cost us a game, probably. Uh, he dropped, dropped a crucial third down over the middle. Uh, and I thought the Browns were gonna come down and punch it, punch it in. That game was gonna be over with. But they just ended up making a play, and they went back to Garrett on on the next drive and made the made the made the city of New York pretty happy. So just how it happens sometimes, though, you can't it ain't never drawn up perfectly.
0: Let's talk about what went right, and there was a lot that went right with Garrett Wilson on Sunday. What did you see when you watched the performance? I know that Daniel Jeremiah said that for as good as Garrett Wilson was, he identified two instances where he was open for touchdowns and Joe Flacco didn't see him. Did you see that when you watched the tape? And when you look back at the tape in general with Garrett's performance, what did you see in a positive light? Because there was a lot to like there.
1: He looked like he'd been there. You know, he'd been there, you know, in that same position a lot of times. Of his career with this college to high school. And, you know, he, he handled it well. You know, he, he didn't show no signs of weakness. Uh, he, he still competed competed at the high level. And, you know, we, something we always talk about is having a short-term short term memory, you know, and uh, he actually had that. Because some st- sometimes when bad stuff happened in the game, you know, you got some guys who can't handle it. So that one mistake bothered him for the rest of the game and they'll be their own worst enemy. But Gary, you know, you can just tell that he took that off and, you know, blocked right back in and, and he'll make some more plays for the Jets. So it was just it was just fun to see him overcome that little bit of adversity. Uh, I know he was mad because, like I said, he's a very, like, yeah, super competitor, and, and I am too. So I know, you know, we we, we used to compete, you know, playing a video game a lot. Just, <laughs> I just know it means a lot to him being a winner and try to be, you know, efficient know what he's doing so it, it was it was a, it was it was just pretty fun to to watch him to watch him do his thing and bounce back and make some plays
0: play like a jet play like a jet Mike, you said that watching Garrett Wilson he seems like he's been in the league for a long time. I know that you've been around him since he was a young kid. How surprised are you that he has how surprised are you that he is playing this well this fast? I know you believe in his talent. there's no question we all did, but I don't know that many of us thought that he was going to be this much of a factor this quickly.
1: Like, I'm really not surprised man like it's just some it's just some guys some kids got it you know and he one of the guys that just got it. He blessed with it, and uh, he not he not he not afraid of big face, Man, and boy, that ain't even possible. I, I done didn't seen it. I know it's on smaller levels than in the field, but like once you got it, you got it. I mean, it mean, it can't it can't be on you. It got to be in you, and it's in him.
0: Given the performance that Garrett Wilson had. Against the Browns you would expect That his player projection for his daily Fantasy entry over at PrizePicks.com would be enormous But it's only 43.5 Yards which is a bargain I also think that Corey Davis At 39.5 yards is a bargain Too considering that he's Averaging 80 yards a game so far And we'll get into that in just a second But if you want to play at PrizePicks.com Like me and take Corey Davis And Garrett Wilson to get more Than their allotted yards 43.5 for garrett wilson 39.5 for corey davis you can do that or you can take anybody else involved in the jets bengals game or any other nfl game here's how it works you pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people just you versus the projections available nfl college football nba college basketball MLB, UFC, anything you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the PrizePicks app or go to PrizePicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePicks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePicks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Like I said, we talked about Garrett Wilson, but Mike, I have another wide receiver question to ask you beyond Garrett Wilson, and that's about Corey Davis. On that play with under two minutes to go, he got behind a defensive back And just was so wide open that I think I probably could have thrown the ball to him. Well, maybe not because it was still a 60-yard throw on a fly. Not sure that I could pull that off. But still, the point is, if you're a quarterback with any kind of arm strength, he was so wide open it was a slam dunk. What did you see on that play? How does something like that happen? Do you remember any plays like that in high school or college for you where there was just such a broken coverage that it was like the easiest touchdown in the world for you?
1: Oh, you know what? Actually, I do. I actually do. I actually do, and uh, and it, it was a, it was it was a good it was a good coverage. But the difference was, my um uh, my quarterback didn't get it out there to me. Ah. like that he he kind of punted it to me to where when I caught it, everybody kind of already caught up. It was in the air so long, so I I didn't get to score a touchdown on it.
0: What did you see on that play with Corey Davis?
1: Defense kind of screwed up. You know, like I said, I'm pretty sure somebody busted assignment. Uh, if I'm mistaken, I think it's uh I think it was kind of like in. I think they was probably in like in uh, probably cover four. And I think the corner, I think the safety, I mean I think the corner didn't uh stay with stay with Corey and I thought he probably was out of the cloud like cover two. And he just ran right up the sideline wide open. And the safety took the number two receiver. So I just feel like that's where it went wrong yet. Just miscommunication it happens all the time. But um, you know, <laughs> I'm happy that it happened that way and you know, it happened that quick because if it didn't happen that quick, I think we'll be talking about something different.
0: Mike, I want to talk about Tyler Conklin a little bit because – In the offseason, the Jets made a real push to upgrade that tight end spot. They got C.J. Ozama. They got Tyler Conklin. They drafted Jeremy Ruckert. Jeremy Ruckert dropped his one target, and C.J. Ozama didn't play, but Tyler Conklin is somebody that everybody got really excited about. You went back. You watched his tape with the Vikings. Seemed like he's an ascending player, as if his best football is ahead of him. He played really well in training camp, and everybody was incredibly excited to see the impact he would have on this Jets offense. And now it's nothing but drops. It's two fumbles in two weeks. Is this just something where you think he's gotten inside his own head? How do you shake something like that off?
1: Like I said about Gary, you know, you got to have a short term memory, man, and keep going. You know, one one play don't, you know, don't define the whole game. Uh, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing through. This, you know, it's, I saw a life lesson as well, man. When, when, when life threw your curveball, you know, you just got to, you know, if you miss it, you got to hit the next time and, you know, and not worry about it. But, but it's kind of like going back to what I was saying, like some guys, you know, when they have something happen, it's hard for them to bounce back, bounce back off of it and, you know, can't really lock in as well. But um, oh, yeah. I just think he just, you know, I just think he was in, he, he was his own worst enemy right there. And uh, I'm pretty sure moving forward here, he'll correct that because they're a pretty good, pretty good players. So, you know, pretty good players. They had a moment. Everybody have them. But uh, he had bounced back for sure.
0: Mike, when we talked about the upcoming matchup last week, we were discussing the Browns as we previewed the game. You said that one thing that you would absolutely do was put a tight end over to help block Miles Garrett. You double team him every single play. Now, Miles Garrett did have a sack and he had some pressures, but he didn't dominate the way that we're used to seeing him dominate. Were you surprised by that? And what did you see the Jets doing? to stop him from really taking over the game. Was it the double teams? Was it the helping with the tight ends? What did you think? Yeah.
1: I think it was was a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Helping with the tight ends, Uh, he's always getting chipped by the back. Uh, Hall and Mike Carter, did pretty good. You know, slowing him down a little bit. And then also, I think, uh, the offensive coordinator, man, did a good job of just drawing some plays when it was, you know, some pass plays. He he designed some stuff to get the ball out of his hands quick to where, you know, Miles Garrett won't be a factor. And, uh... The line actually held up pretty good as well, too. You know, because uh not just Maz Garrett, they got a they had a nice little uh little D line as well. And they executed the game plan really, really well and he wasn't a factor as, as much as I thought.
0: Did you like the game plan offensively for the most part from Mike LaFleur?
1: Uh yes. Yes, I actually did. He he actually doubts us some good stuff and you know, I mean he, he he's a good guy, a brilliant dude, man. So I'm happy to be able to see it on display. All the plays that are called are good plays, and the players got to find a way to execute them. You know, so for this game plan, I don't really – I ain't not really gotten too much, you know, at least negative to say about the play calls. And everything to me was pretty pretty cool, and the line did a good job as well. So just got to be executed.
0: Mike, when you were at Texas, I would say that the best running back that you guys went up against was probably DeMarco Murray, who was at Oklahoma when you were a freshman at UT trying to stop a player like that is so difficult because you really have to do so many different things well, especially when you have an offensive line as talented as the Cleveland Browns. And that's where I'm going with this because the Browns have two guys that are stars the way that DeMarco Murray was when you played against him when he was at Oklahoma, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb just ran all over the Jets. He had the three touchdowns. What's it like preparing to try to stop a player like that I know you weren't on the defensive side of the ball but I'm sure you still recognize what the game plans were to try and stop a guy like DeMarco Murray or in this case Chubb or Hunt what did you think of what the Jets tried to do and how tough is it to try and stop a guy like Nick Chubb because it just seems like it's next to impossible
1: man I'm like two-headed monster about that man it's it's hard when you got a Two good backs back there. They 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 can gas you with the run game. That's what you know. Winning football games is about to me, winning up front and, and having good good backs that they can kind of take the gas out of you and get the clock running out. Use uh, the time wisely with the backs. But I think it's hard, uh, you know, trying to prepare for those two guys and then also the receiver core, Amari Cooper and uh and other guys they got in the receiver group. You know, we kind of put them in one on one situations a lot because you got to stack the box for those two backs. But uh, I, I know it's a tough situation, and you know, like I said, the Jets found a way, man. They just found a way, and I, I feel like they really wanted it, and they end up showing it. So, and mean everybody else, I mean, pretty much had Cleveland as the better team, but you know, Jets was the underdogs, and they came to fight and they won a the game.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about Amari Cooper since you brought him up, Mike. You were a really good receiver at UT. And you made it to the Raiders, a team that Amari Cooper was drafted by. He's known as one of the best route runners in the NFL, and I think we saw another example of that against the Jets on Sunday. If you go back and look at the tape of the Browns' first game of the season, their victory over the Carolina Panthers, you see multiple times where he was wide open because he juked a cornerback out of his boots, and still Jacoby Brissett couldn't get him the ball. That was not the case against the Jets talk to me a little bit about Amari Cooper and a player like that in the route running because I think that's something that Garrett Wilson obviously is going to aspire to and so is Elijah Moore but I don't think people realize how important a weapon that is to be able to unleash the ability to run routes like that it gave Jets cornerbacks fits all day what did you see from Cooper in this game talk a little bit about the route running and then how tough is it for a guy like Sauce Gardner or safeties like Joyner and Whitehead to try and stay with him?
1: I mean my Cooper been consistent for years, man. And I just love watching him play, but it's just, it's it's just pretty tough when you got a veteran that can you nobody know really cover like that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they they they, they contain him a little bit, man. It was pretty impressive and uh you know, sauce so all steady growing, steady showing flash. But these ones actually looking good, man, overall too. So they got they they've just been they just been paddling them up. I seen a lot of flashes last week. And I just feel like it's just slowly coming together, coming together. But uh, Mario Cooper is definitely one of the best in the lead. And ain't nobody really covering that dude one-on-one like that. You got an opponent like that on your, on your schedule that you got to face. with kind of younger DBs.
0: Mike, you talked about how the defense was looking good, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into the other parts of the defense, I want to talk about the guys you used to go up against, the defensive backs. The safeties seem to have struggled a lot, but Sauce Gardner and especially DJ Reed have played really, really well. Tell me about what you've noticed there in that secondary, because... Even though Sauce wasn't as good against the Browns as he was in week one against the Ravens, I think for a rookie, he's been pretty impressive so far. And DJ Reed has been arguably the Jets' best defensive player so far. So what have you seen from the secondary?
1: Right, they're doing pretty good, man. They're competing well. They're flying around the ball. They're doing the best they can do. They're making tackles. Uh, you know, they come in, the Saints come down, filling gaps. Um, you know, I, I think they, they give giving they all. You know, it's, that's, that's always important because playing DB is hard. You know, corner safety, I mean, it's hard to really come down and fill holes with running backs like them and, uh, you know, be efficient back there and not give up nothing really and just staying consistent. But uh, I think they pretty much playing pretty good, you know, especially last game.
0: Overall, you said you like what the defense has done to this point. Tell me some of the things that you've noticed in a positive light, and also Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala, who are running the defense. What have you liked about what they're doing? Do you think they're aggressive enough? Should they be more aggressive, less aggressive? What do you think?
1: I think they can be a little bit more aggressive. Just a little bit more pressure on them, you know, and forcing a lot of three and three and outs is the key. And I do think they have a pretty good defensive line to where they can do that, and they can be a little bit more aggressive. They got, I think they got a nice little secondary to where. They can they can yeah. believe in them sometimes to where they can mix a little bit more or bring a little bit more pressure. But uh, you know, I, like I said, man, whatever whatever you doing, if it ain't broke, well, I fix it. You know, so it's like whatever they did this this past Sunday. Hey, I'm, I need to see the same thing <laughs> this Sunday. And uh, every of course, every every game you can get better with certain things with certain things. But whatever you just showed re- versus a really good Cleveland Browns team. Hey, let's bring the same energy this upcoming week, upcoming Sunday.
0: Mike, on the subject of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Joe Flacco. Week one, we were questioning whether or not he should ever start another game in the NFL. And then, of course, week two, he has this excellent game, and now he's at the top of the NFL in a lot of passing categories. Now, to be fair, part of that is because he's had about 100 passing attempts through two weeks, but still, it seems like he has really gotten back into a groove. Not saying he's going to be the Joe Flacco of 15 years ago, but absolutely looks at least respectable now as opposed to week one when people were questioning whether he should be benched for Mike white, how surprised were you to see Flacco bounce back in week two? And what'd you see from him that you think was the difference between week one and week two? Do you think it was just the offensive line blocking better? Was it that he went to Garrett Wilson more often? What'd you see?
1: I hear mean, he a bit, man. So, you know, what you're doing, I just feel like the line could have hit them a little bit better last week. Uh, they, and they did this week. Um, he made, he made some throws. Uh, and I think the office coordinator, they asked some stuff up to him, to help him get the ball out of his hands quicker. And then, of course, he found Garrett. Well, actually, Garrett played a lot this game. So, one of the more, more dynamic playmakers out there to help him in the slot. And he just did what he, you know, what Joe Flacco does, you know. He, he'll bet. He knows what's going on. He knows what to do. He knows how to throw it. And, you know, everything just came together.
0: Mike, the Jets have the Bengals coming into town this Sunday at MetLife Stadium, and the Bengals are 0-2, but the two games they lost were very close. The first game they lost because their kicker, Evan McPherson, missed an extra point. The second game they lost on a buzzer-beating field goal by the opposing team. They could very well be 2-0, and and this is a team that has a lot of talent. They went to the Super Bowl last year, but they've gotten off to a rough start. Part of it is that the offensive line has struggled early on despite... New additions. Part of it is that Joe Burrow has struggled early on. A lot of turnovers. He had five in the first game. But you have to figure, this team almost going 2-0, even with all those problems, means that they are going to be very frisky on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Before we get into what you think the Jets should do to try and beat the Bengals and send them to 0-3... As somebody who's been in some high level locker rooms over the years, how much more dangerous do you think the Bengals are with their backs against the wall? If they were say one and one, maybe they're not as motivated as Owen two and possibly their season on the line, how much of a factor do you think that's going to be on Sunday?
1: Joe Barrow and them, guys, they they coming up a, a, a tough loss, the rest of the Cowboys who I feel like they should have beat. But they, they'll come they will come ready, you know, ready to fight and ready, you know, get a win and You know, it's going to be a good game to watch, man. I I don't really want to jinx it. I don't want to say too much on it.
0: Mike, I know you said you don't want to say too much, but offensively and defensively, strategy-wise, what would you be looking to do here if you were the Jets? You don't have to go into crazy detail because I know you're not looking to jinx it, but what do you think?
1: Offensively, I I think we need to establish the run game. You know, that's always first for me. And Then, too, you know, the kids winning third down, staying on the field, moving the chains. And then you know, try try to you know try to find the mismatches in uh, the. I mean, for what the Cowboys just played last week. I'm the just uh, I was calling it I'm going at these corners. Uh, I, they didn't really show me. They didn't really show me. They actually, did pretty good. Trevor did did pretty good. But I think the game plan was kind of out of sync a little bit for Joe Barrow, and then they had tons of pressure on them. But I'm still taking these corners uh, with with the receiver quarter just half, and and I'm gonna make sure I get. Uh, Joe Flacco protected Now for us on the defense. And uh, I'm I'm sending I'm sending pressure because obviously that's what that's what they're kind of struggling with right now. Picking up the blitzes. So, uh, you know, you know, Lama just winning one on one. So I'm, I'm sending I'm sending the dogs that are making it uncomfortable for Joe Barrow uh, because if you let him sit back there. I mean, he had been a been Super Bowl again. You know, that's my that's my opinion. But uh. I'm, t- I'm taking shots. I'm taking chances because the Cowboys receivers was was kind of like, you know, doing what they wanted with, with these Bengals DBs. And I think that they just probably have, you know, just as good as the receiving core as the Cowboys do.
0: Two-time Texas All-State selection in high school one of the great all-time Texas Longhorns wide receivers, former member of the Raiders, and for our purposes, most importantly, coach and mentor of Jets rookie wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Mike Davis. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing this with you on a weekly basis. Also looking forward to getting you more and more content on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. So make sure that you watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our website, playlikeajet.com and our store over at That's teepublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams Bless You Thank You shirt. The Zach says go long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. That's teepublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital and playlikeajet.com.